0: everyone and welcome back to the Black Expat Experience, a podcast and live show highlighting the lived experiences of Black expats around the world. I am Kendall Tyson, your host, licensed therapist, and a fellow Black expat living in Beijing. Um, And once again, we have another great guest and episode in store for you today. And so I would like to welcome Kiara Payne to the show. Hi, Kiara. Hello.
1: <laughs> I'm glad to be here. <laughs>
0: I'm so glad that you're here. So I've been, I've been shifting and doing things a little bit differently. Instead of me reading a bio about our guest, I want to give you the floor to tell us who you are. Give us a synopsis of who Kiara is. Introduce yourself to the world.
1: Okay. Um, so yeah, I'm Kiera Payne. Um, I am, I guess, a newer digital nomad. I'm actually a virtual assistant. I had launched my business um, December 2021. So it's coming up a year. Oh, yeah. um, and prior to me being a virtual assistant, um, I was in the Air Force uh, for nearly six years, active duty. Woo-hoo. Okay. um yeah so I had a huge uh career change um but now I'm just you know traveling trying to see the world and um yeah that's pretty much it <laughs> right now that's a lot that's
0: a lot <laughs> oh my goodness I didn't know that you were air force I was
1: yep I was
0: <laughs> oh my goodness so my aunt my auntie Bev is retired Air Force, twenty three years nine months. I think that's Master. I'm gonna get it wrong. Master General wow. or something like that. And when I was at UT, um, in Austin, I did a brief stint with the Air the Air Force ROTC because I really was considering going into the military as an officer. So
1: really, this is
0: so interesting.
1: That's crazy. Yeah, because um, the Air Force, it's it's a pretty it's pretty amazing. I would say out of all the branches, it's it's pretty good. Like I feel like they set you up for success. Like if you allow it. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> if you allow okay. it, then that's, that's I think it.
0: anything is can be successful if you allow it, right?
1: Exactly. Yep.
0: So exactly. I'm curious. Um what got you interested in the military? Like how did you I know this is about expat life, but I'm so I know. How did that happen?
1: Honestly, in all honesty, um, the benefits. Um, at the time uh, I joined, I was actually at Western Washington University. I went there for one year and I was broke. Mm. So I needed, <laughs> I needed uh, some money and it just, life was not working for me. So, and I honestly didn't know what I wanted to do at school. So I just thought it would work if I um, joined the military so yeah. that's just that is what it is <laughs> amazing. yeah so, so now we're here
0: <laughs> right you get to travel the world learn really transferable skills yep. grow as a human meet lots of different people where were you mm-hmm. stationed while you were serving in the air force
1: I was in Phoenix, uh, Phoenix Arizona at Luke Air Force Base okay. it's not really Phoenix but the Phoenix area um, yeah. yeah so I mean it it was Phoenix, I'm glad that I was stationed actually in Phoenix because at first I was kind of like complaining about the area because I didn't really like the, I'm from Washington so uh, it was, the climate was so different but um, over the years I actually really enjoyed all the sun Um, and now I actually love being in the sun a lot so yeah.
0: That is amazing. My auntie was, uh, well, she still is in Midwest City at um, Tinker Air Force Base.
1: Oh, really? I know I, I know some people at Tinker. Okay.
0: Yeah, this is the whole I Okay. I love when I talk to people and there's all these <laughs> lines and connections that are uh, yeah. made. It's always so interesting to me. Um, yeah. So let's dive in. Um, I'm already intrigued, obviously. <laughs> uh, when you think about the life that you've chosen to provide for yourself, becoming an expat. I'm wondering what, what were some of the driving factors that drove you to living as a nomad expat, or how would you describe yourself?
1: Oh my goodness. I feel like my story is, well, I don't think it's that unique, but the reason why I left the United States, I'm currently okay, I'm disclaimer. I'm in the United States right now, <laughs> but I just got back, actually, um, just because of the holidays. so, and it was also my birthday. So anyway. um, I just got back. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Um, but uh, I just got back. And so, but i' I'll be leaving. So that's a disclaimer. <laughs> anyways. anyways, um, but literally all this year, I was gone like I out anyways so um okay so like basically I I have always wanted to travel I have well that was also one of my motivators as to why I wanted to join the air force along with all the other benefits um I got to travel a little bit when I was in the air force not as much as I'd like to but um I knew the only way I would be able to do that is actually get out um which I did, but prior to me leaving the Air Force, um, I was on this journey to discovering a little bit more of who I am and my roots. Um, and I just kind of had this quarter life crisis <laughs> mm-hmm. um, where I was really doing this deep dive into um doing this deep dive into my heritage. And so I did, I did a DNA test, I would say 20, was it 2019? Yeah, I think it was 2019. Um, And I found out, you know, where I'm from, you know, the whole shebang. Um, And I became like engulfed in learning everything about the countries, um, the tribes, obviously I'm from Africa like representing like I'm African um and I I'm proud to be African um and so I found out I was from Sierra Leone Liberia Mm. and Guinea-Bissau wow and so that started my journey to basically I I know that there's a lot of there's a lot of black um Uh, like expats or like Black repatriates right now, especially right now, like there's so much uh, migration there. I don't know if that's something you've noticed, but um, I'm one of those people that um, has taken interest in the continent. Mm. And so my deep dive, like I was literally spiraling. Like the more and more I like learned, the more and more I... I became so self-aware about a lot of things and I knew I needed to be on the continent and I knew I needed to be back home as I call it. Okay. Um, so yeah. And so I really worked hard to do that, but I had to obviously visit first. And so actually when I was in the air force, this is right before I separated, I actually took leave to go to Sierra Leone mm-hmm. um, And so that was like my first experience and it was absolutely amazing. That's a whole other story in and itself, but the motivator to why I am on this, I guess, journey to traveling and seeing the world, um, plus seeing Africa as a whole, like in a whole different light than what I had seen previous years before, or than what I thought previous years before um, has changed. And so I'm kind of just on that journey right now.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. So I hear self-actualization. I hear heritage. I hear connection. Um, and I also hear action in everything yeah. that you said. Because a lot of people, you know, do the DNA uh, testing and don't necessarily put their feet to the floor to do that deep dive of self-discovery and identifying your roots so I'm really happy for you like I can see the pride and the happiness exuding as you were describing your four-way in Sierra Leone um that's so interesting so I'm wondering it sounds as if that making that decision to learn more about your heritage paid off
1: yes um like I can't even describe, like, the happiness I feel when I'm in Sierra Leone, Uh um, and just the things that I plan to do, like, while I'm on the continent, like, there's, that's just, like, a whole other thing, but I'm, I'm glad that, um, and I, and the thing is, is, like, I don't even know what it was, like, maybe, I don't know what it could have been, because I, I didn't really grow up around, um, I don't know. I I didn't really, I wasn't really growing up around like, I guess, other West African people. Um, And I feel like my family, we didn't really, we don't really know about that. A lot of Black Americans don't really talk about Africa as a whole. Um, So I kind of had to discover that myself, which was kind of difficult because I didn't have a community around me. I didn't really I didn't know anyone. I didn't know, actually, I didn't really know. I, th- I think at the time I might've known like a couple of West Africans, like a few, like, you know, now I know a, a bunch, but like, you know, it was it was kind of difficult because you're kind of learning from the start and you don't really know where to go. <laughs> so YouTube becomes your best friend and like Facebook and that. those are the only people that you can kind of connect with, but the people in your community and like the people at home, ooh, like not really... <laughs> not really with it (laughs) they're not on the same page (laughs) yeah
0: right I mean and and when you think about it most I would say lay people especially with the lives that we've chosen to live the perspective is just different as far as their day-to-day right and Mm. they I mean and obviously there's nothing wrong with how the decision that you've made and how other people that aren't really living an expat nomadic life um Mm what they choose it's just a really different level of awareness and i i wonder how did you feel as you were going through this journey seeking community and and struggling maybe if that's the right word to find that mm-hmm. in your your immediate community
1: yeah it was it was difficult uh in my immediate like uh prior to going to Sierra Leone yes in my immediate community definitely difficult um and also a lot of misunderstanding a lot of misconceptions about the continent uh i received a lot um which also kind of um thrown in i also was like misinformation and things like that which are things i had to seek out myself and have to educate myself um and I honestly think a lot of that, I guess misconception comes from a lot of fear, especially within the black community, because, like that's one thing I notice is that, well, I don't know if this is possibly like with my family or like with other black individuals, but I feel like black people as a whole, just and this is just because i've tra- I've traveled a lot and I've been places. And one thing I've seen as common trend is there's not a lot of black people traveling mm. like our other counterparts are Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) so um because of that I found it hard to try to connect um but when I went to Sierra Leone and even when I started traveling as a whole I started to see the world so differently and I also started to see other Black women especially Black women like Black women black women are amazing, especially black women. (laughs) Yes, yes, we're amazing. We are outside, like we're outside, like we're doing things, we're traveling. And like they have made, like the black women I have met and connected with have made the transition easier, have made it easier for me to make friends. And, you know, um, that's what's been making it easy for me. Um, And that's kind of like been my community. Um, anytime I try and go anywhere um, I find we're trying to help each other because there's not a lot of us so when there are some we try to help each other in any way that we can so that's very nice
0: I'm so happy for you I'm so happy that Mm -hmm. you've had people to wrap their arms around you as you embark on this journey and you're right we literally spearhead we are the culture we are the purveyors of culture and everyone else you know takes pieces of what we Mm. live every Mm. day um, Mm. and make look amazing even though as you know as a black woman it can be extremely challenging on most days so I'm just really glad that through this process you've been able to collaborate with and connect with others and help to usher you through this journey. It, yeah. it sounds amazing <laughs> right it feels like hearing you describe this um one of my first interviews was with uh the founder of expat Shar. um and some oh no people- way yeah. Oh, one the, yeah one of the one of the best I mean I love all my interviews obviously uh one yeah. of the best that I've had and the most uh watched um And some other individuals that I was connected to, you know, from her, you know, Ty and then Margo. Margo was another one that I loved. Um, And how they described to me the Black women community in Portugal, because that's one of the places that I'm considering Hmm. part time when I do repatriate. Um, Just just the level of love and support and community that they described. I'm like, I'm so jealous no I'm ready to get out of Beijing and go to Portugal so I can just revel in what that feels like um and just to hear you echo a very similar sentiment I whomever watches this I really hope that they understand that no matter no matter how small like the decision or where they choose Mm. to go that there are others that are gaining some life just by being in the vicinity watching you know them live their best lives so thank you for sharing that yeah there
1: will always be a community for sure like there will always be well, not not every place but (laughs) most (laughs) because there's some there's some country you could go to and it's really kind of difficult but Uh, uh, (laughs) but in light of the difficultness there's still those you know there's still those few but um you're right like I I hope that other black women who are watching this like know that like we're there like other black women are there like will be in the trenches with you like you you need something (laughs) you know or something like that like connect especially on Facebook like that's where I've been you know getting the most okay um from my community is through Facebook and then also too when I'm on the continent I've met obviously a lot of friends through other friends and stuff like that but it's amazing. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, I need to do more on Facebook. I, I, I promise I don't, but I can make that goal for two
1: <laughs> so, Yeah, no, Facebook's great.
0: Yeah, I, for certain purposes, for sure. Um, yes. For being one purposes, of yeah. So, share with us, like, what, when you were thinking about going to Sierra Leone, um, what were some of the deciding factors that um, factored into your final decision?
1: Yeah so to be quite honest so so basically my so my final decision would definitely have to be cuz I know I'm from three countries and I was supposed to visit the other two at the same time as Sierra Leone but covid hit mm. um and threw a wrench in those plans so I actually ended oh, up going to Sierra Leone I will go to Liberia and Guinea-Bissau soon um but Sierra Leone, th- what solidified it for me was um, the first time I went to Sierra Leone, um, I went through an uh, organization, um, it wasn't, it's not a, it's not a tour group. So we're gonna throw that out, <laughs> you know, it's more of like a, uh, an organization, they're called the Abara Nation, um, and that's the tribe, one of the tribes that I belong to, wow. um, is the Temne people, right? <laughs> I know. And so basically, I went with them the first time I went to Sierra Leone, um, which, mind you, is not a tour group. It's more of like a, I feel like the Temini Nation allowed me to see more of the authentic side of Sierra Leone. And they also linked us with already like our own, like basically giving us like, as soon as we landed, we had like family on the ground. And that's basically what they did. Like they're introducing other black Americans to already like um, uh, modern day, like Temeny people, like in or modern day Temeny people in Sierra Leone and basically linking us together so we can collaborate, so we can learn from each other, so I can learn from them and just kind of like grandfathering us in. Does it, I don't know if that makes sense. It makes complete Um, sense. And so basically, um, so I I went through that whole experience, right? And I can't remember, I might've been like maybe a week into me being there, um, we had a naming ceremony and when i tell you so this was like what where where i was like yeah this is home (laughs) because these people who i i see them as family now but at the time i was like wow these people who don't know me are welcoming welcoming me so much that they're giving me a naming ceremony one that i should have had right i didn't have one. So I just thought that was a beautiful thing. And so you're taking the time and you're giving me a naming ceremony. Um, and it was just such a beautiful thing. And um, how they did the naming ceremony to make us feel included like in the family, they would, they would give us namesakes. Like they would name us after a grandparent or a grandfather or an aunt, a cousin in the tribe. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, this is dope for one. <laughs> <Listen>. For two, <laughs> I'm I'm shocked right now because I've just never felt this amount of love. That's what it felt like, you know? And so um yeah, that was what kind of solid that is what solidified it with me. Um and I don't see myself wanting to live anywhere else if like let's say I chose to not live in Sierra Leone I would live in West Africa or choose somewhere on the continent but right now I'm from Sierra Leone I love Sierra Leone best beaches in West Africa period um so yeah and obviously my my now Temini family who is welcome me and anytime I come back to Sierra Leone I have a place to stay, and yeah, so they're amazing.
0: I just got chills when you were describing the fact that they give you a namesake, it's like a, and you said how you felt like grandfathered in. Yeah, yeah. I, I really get that. I feel yeah. like this already established bloodline, you know,
1: yeah, you a
0: connection to that you are now a part of, and that you get to partake in all of the history and further the connection um it it sounds so fulfilling
1: Mm. yep it's um like all of like in that moment like just reflecting back to that like moment it was like very um it felt like it felt like, I don't know, this is so like, this is, I don't know how to explain it, but it almost kind of felt like I was robbed of not knowing, um, these not knowing about the continent. Like, I wish I would have known sooner. Like, you know, I'm 20, I'm 26. Um, and I had, (laughs) baby. Oh my God, I'm one of those. <laughs> those, those oh, oh, stop. Jesus. Stop. <laughs> but wait, I feel like I wish I would have known about my roots sooner. Like, and I feel like it's a tactic. This is a whole other conversation, but I feel like it's a tactic to keep us Black people separate from where we really come from and it made me kind of sad yeah like and i was like wow like this was here this whole time like this this place was here, you know and i didn't know i didn't i didn't like grow up you know saying i want to take a vacation to africa yeah no we grew up saying we want to go to see the eiffel tower in paris um and then that's, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, it just made me like realize like what I was missing. And I wish, I don't know. I just wish I would have. And so I think in that moment, just like me just reflecting and things like that, I was like, I have to stay here. I need to learn more. And then it's 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 deeper than just me because one day I'm going to have children and I want them to automatically know. I don't want them to have to go through this journey to you know this was a lot it's not it's yeah. not easy yeah um so yeah I mean yeah. and they'll have their own journey right yeah um yeah.
0: so it, it's it's kind of like we can lament all the things that we've missed out on for a variety of reasons right but then mm-hmm. I wonder what it feels like to revel in the fact that only because of a small decision that you made has it ballooned and blossomed into being rooted mm. in something that you had no clue about, that now
1: is a exactly. real part of life. And it gets better. Please share. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yes, it gets better. So um, what also makes, I think, me a little unique in this story is that I'm one of the few um, African-Americans that actually got the citizenship that Sierra Leone was giving. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I'm, I'm one of the few, like there's not that many of us, there's probably like a couple hundred or so. I don't know how many exactly, I could be wrong about that, but mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I actually got my citizenship. So wow. I'm now dual citizen of Sierra Leone. I, I literally took the plunge, literally got my passport, <laughs> and got my citizenship swore and everything and so yeah
0: oh my goodness I really hope that you are chronicling this some way <laughs> um, I'm a fervent like I used to be an English teacher a writer myself I'm a fervent believer that everybody has a book or two in mm. and just listening to what you're describing. And the bravery that you've had to like tap into it, to do all of this, because I'm sure it's laced with disappointment, but uh, then a lot of gifts, right? Mm. Relationship, naming mm. ceremonies, having family established in Sierra Leone, all from a DNA test. It really sounds like- I know.
1: Uh, oh, I can it's wild. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually wild. Like I'm looking back and I'm like, I I went from a girl who- had when i tell you yes i am a foundational black american but when i tell you i didn't have any ties to the continent of africa didn't learn anything wasn't talked about growing up and to like think like and i never even thought about going to Africa, like never um it was not something that was really embedded in me or even thought about and I, it, and it's not because I had anything, you know, it was just what I, it's just how I grew up. There wasn't really, I wasn't exposed to it. And I just find it interesting because as I've gotten older, it's like something was pushing me somewhere to like, it, it's like something was pushing me to gain more knowledge. And, and I did, and I just, I just find that interesting because there's a lot of people that don't and I just wish that they would. And it, you don't even have to visit the continent if you don't want to. But like you know, try to gain a little bit of knowledge and stuff like that. I think is helpful. Right. You know?
0: Yeah. So, <laughs> in perspective. So I would encourage you to figure out a way to share the different parts mm. of the journey with the public. um Yeah, mo- the things that we that happen in our lives aren't necessarily for us. Yes, they happen to mm. us. We are in the midst of them. But I do believe. That our journey is also meant for others to unlock their freedom, mm. their healing, their you know, travel journey, learning their heritage. Um, if we're brave enough to be open to, to being that catalyst for other people to be liberated in thinking, feeling, just really living more authentic lives. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think this is an obvious question. You know, since all of this has happened, I know that your life has changed. That's clear, right? Mm. I would like to know what has been thus far one of the most defining moments for you of your time abroad.
1: Um, definitely, I would have to say I guess a defining moment would have been like just kind of like when I was like in the thick of it like um one of my friends um Millie we used to go to like a little cafe and like work and cuz there's like little cafes in Seattle you can go and work and so we we're just kind of like working and just chilling drinking eating whatever and I'm working, you know, doing my assisting because that's what, that's what I do. So um and I was just like wow like it, I know that's like that's a really generic point, but I was just kind of like wow like I'm really here in Sierra Leone and I made a way for myself, you know, yes a huge major major career change. Um and it's been difficult being a virtual assistant it's not easy starting your own business by any means um but that was my defining moment the fact that I made a way mm. um and it's as simple as that like the fact that I was able to do that was mind-blowing to me um and I'm not at my potential yet but just the fact that I knew that I was capable of doing it, I just, to myself, I was like, there's no excuses. If I wanna do it, I'll do it. And so that was, <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: That is evident yeah. in everything that you've described thus far, going into the yep. airport, making that difficult decision, which yeah. is beneficial for you, You know, choosing to move to Sierra Leone, really explore your heritage, and then mm-hmm. venturing into business for yourself as an entrepreneur um i can tell you it is not for the faint heart faint of it's heart not. And it's not it's just it not it is a level of like trust <laughs> self trust and yep. commitment i feel like some most days i feel I'm like yeah. why did i do this to myself but then yeah when things work out it's like oh that's why oh i have freedom or yes Yes. Yeah. Um, yep. I appreciate that. So it's it's just hearing you, really. I really hear that you are in tune with yourself, or at least more in tune with yourself. I think the more that you mature, mm. um, and see more of the world and explore more things for yourself, I really hear yeah. that. Um, because a lot of times I notice people allow fear. Myself included, um, yep. to stop them from taking these big bold moves and steps. And it and yep. there's always this this pang of what could have been.
1: Mm, yeah. Yep. And I've been there. <laughs> yep. Of course. I will yep. definitely
0: say that you are young enough, right? To where you have so much more ahead of you. So these are literally the building blocks to a very more solidified future, more aligned living, I like to say. Um, so I wonder what would you tell other, you said 26, right? Yes. Oh Lord, 26, what was I doing at twenty? Probably <laughs> stuff I shouldn't do. <laughs> what, what would you, what advice would you give to other young, beautiful 26 year old black women about
1: choosing themselves, Ooh, that is really hard. <laughs> Let me think. Um, I would have to say, just I would have to say, like, move in silence. Mm, girl, listen. Ooh. because. The only reason I say that is just because you're gonna have those people, and I feel like, especially being a black woman, there's a lot of people trying to do stuff to slight, slight you. <laughs> so um, whether that's in the you know the, whether that's in your personal life, whether that's in the work, workplace, especially in the workplace, as I've, as I've gotten older, I've noticed... Um, in the workspaces especially there's a lot of that going on um but just move in silence because I feel like they don't want us to succeed um and we do we're amazing um so yeah that's <laughs> yeah. that's all I got to say with that I think that's yeah.
0: honestly some very salient advice move in silence we often hear like the quote that insecurity is loud, but strength is is silent, right? So mm-hmm. to build those building blocks of the foundation that's going to help you acquire the future that you want, it takes a lot. And as you shared, and definitely as I've experienced, everybody is, everybody that's in your boat. Is not rowing in the same direction as you. Some are drilling holes. Some are rowing the other Mm. way. Um, I think to move in silence, if if I can add to that, it requires a really high level of like trust in yourself. Mm, Yes. Prioritization of your wellness, um, which which we'll get into, you know, shortly. Um, You have to have a strong vision for your future um, have an idea of what you're working toward, as opposed to what am I trying to move away from? If I'm constantly Mm. running from something, I'm not giving the energy to the thing that I'm trying to acquire. Um, so really shifting your thinking from, I don't want this to, this is what I want. And I'm going to devote my time, my energy, my expertise to this. Mm. Um, and everybody doesn't deserve to be a part of that. So I agree Mm. with you. Mm. y'all move in silence if I could sign I would. <laughs> yes <laughs> <I> could sign. <laughs> so, let me ask you I I can only imagine just the emotional roller coaster of all of these huge transitions that you shared with us from leaving the military to moving to Sierra Leone starting your business um how do you think or yeah. How do you think your mental health has been impacted through these really intense transitions that you're probably still living through?
1: Yeah. So oh, man, my mental health, uh, it's it's definitely yeah, it's been an emotional roller coaster. Um, and that's expected, you know, a lot of uh changes happening in my life, like I think on social media, I make it seem like um, every day is a party because I'm somewhere new, but that is just not the reality. Um, And so prioritizing my mental health is actually something I'm currently working on and trying to do just because it's not something I feel like I'm one of those people that tends to suppress things rather than actually expressing like how I'm feeling and just kind of letting go. That's something I'm working on. Um, But it also, I feel like attributes to my upbringing just because I feel like sometimes there were times maybe you couldn't be vulnerable. I don't know. So I guess I'm working on having better mental health practices for myself, Um, especially during this time. Like I have definitely developed new ways to cope with things, especially um, when you're traveling alone, especially when you're traveling alone. Um, I don't mind being alone. Like I'm one of those, I could go to a restaurant and eat by myself. Oh, for sure. Um, like I really could, like it doesn't bother me. Right. Um, but there are those instances where like when you're alone and you need help and like there's no one and you're like in a whole other country and your car breaks down, which happened to me. So <laughs> um, yeah. Anyways, but you made Anyways. it. But, you made but I made it. it. And that, you know, like things like that, where it was like. I don't have anyone here to help me. So, you know, uh, yeah. So things like that, little things like that. Um, but yeah, still trying to figure that out and prioritize my mental health.
0: I hear you. I'm so, thank you for that, um, candor, right? What do you, I'm wondering, what have you noticed that at this juncture of your life, you need to be your best self mentally and physically? Like, what are the things you
1: need? Who, um, um, community helps. Mm. Yeah, community helps. And, and not just any old community, like people who are like, genuine people who are um, people who you can also like vent to, and stuff. And also, I think what helps is Like, not for me, but just, I think also to just for like anyone is education. Like, I feel like, um, I never really, I guess no one really told me like, or I guess I wasn't really taught, like, it's okay to like be vulnerable. It's okay to go talk to a therapist. It's okay to do this. It's okay to do that. Um, you know, I think that there should be more talk about that because that could help a lot. I'm so glad you said that. (laughs)
0: I'm so yes very (laughs) nicely into the next question you think about like culture and family of origin and messaging and attitudes surrounding mental health mental wellness I wonder what has that sounded like historically for you growing up
1: yeah and I feel like it was more I just okay so this is like for the black community i feel like it wasn't it wasn't talked about and i feel like it was kind of also kind of frowned upon if you're seeking help um, you know it it kind of came off that way but within my immediate family i feel like it wasn't really something that was like like i'm trying to really think i feel like it was more it wasn't in a way that was like um It wasn't like mental, it wasn't like, for example, like my mom would like check on me and, you know, ask me how I'm doing and, you know, you know, say things to like make me happy or, you know, kind of reflect about my day um, with her, you know, things like that. But it wasn't ever like, you know, deep diving into like my mental well-being. Um, and it wasn't because, and it could also just be just cause that's just how it is. Like, I don't think, um, even with like, yeah, I've never really had really family deep dive into like, you know, let's, you know, pick your brain. And yeah. So, <laughs> um,
0: yeah. I get that. Sometimes it's more of the expression of, the care right yes uh, isn't talk that- you do you want to eat you know think especially with food um not I think sometimes I believe because we have so many barriers to entry when it comes to access to mental support in in most if not all black communities around the U.S. for sure um because mm. ex- expat wise there's additional layers with not being a national of that country, not really Mm. understanding the system well. And I would even venture to say that as we plan our our four-way into these other countries, mental health support isn't one of the tick boxes that we're making sure that we plan for, Uh, which is part of the reason why I'm doing this show is for people to know all right, you're, you're planning, you know, what is it like to live in this other country? I also need you to identify how are you going to care for your mental health? What's the system of support? What are the medical resources that you need? What do you need to bring with you? Um, and things like that so that you're optimally well, right. Mm. You don't necessarily have access to these things in the United States as black people, as a community systemic wise mm. on purpose. Um, and so that seeps into our daily lives that we don't, there's not the verbiage or the language. Are you anxious? Right. Mm. Are you experiencing depression? Mm. Are
1: you the language. Yeah. Yes. That I, I resonated with that very well. The language, we are afraid to say those things, depression, suicide, you know, anxiety, you know, things, um, those words are uncomfy to some people, some families, um, yeah, sometimes people don't even talk about those things in their household. So I totally agree with that.
0: Yeah, and then as as Black women, sometimes I think it's even a little bit more challenging. Um, Mm. Existing with this strong Black women trope Uh, yeah which is hella detrimental um but I really feel that we are breaking out of that um yes that that that
1: that, oh what do I call it and I also uh not to cut you off but like with the strong woman trope like that's why I strive to be like more feminine like I want to be more feminine I used to not want to be like at all Um, and now that's kind of like all I think about is like what can I do to make myself more delightful (laughs) to people and more inviting and just being a woman and like so I I'm glad that there's I feel like I'm, I'm surrounded more with more Black feminine women now, like, and I feel like growing up, I was surrounded by a lot more of this quote-unquote, like, stronger Black women type, Um, and that's because of the environment, and that's also because of, I also just feel like that's just because, like, that's how the community kind of, portrayed us as and like there was just no other way to be um and I want to break away from that completely like I don't I don't want to be strong I want to be delicate and (laughs) that is not a compliment to me I want to be I I want to be soft
0: yes so and firm in the way that I do things I really what you just said the contrast that you noticed with The I think women in the earlier part of your life having to be strong, we don't, there probably isn't any other option. And then Mm. contrasting that with the women that you're in community with now having the option to engage in more rest, be more leisure, still get things done. Yes, but it, I wonder, does it also kind of seem that we're no longer tethered to everybody else's expectations? So that's a weight. Mm to let go
1: of exactly for sure um we don't we don't necessarily and i would have to say actually um i'm losing my words but like people i think i think people do have this idea of black women um and the only reason, like, I feel like as I grew up, I was kind of like, I didn't know that this was something that people, I guess, saw me as until like, people would actually say it, like in your face, like, like, for example, like somebody who I had known for years, right. And were maybe like reflecting on like the first time they made have might have saw me or met me and they had concluded without even knowing yeah. who I was like, oh, you seemed like you were mean or you seem like you weren't nice. Yeah, right. And um I was like, wow, like I, I can't tell if that's because I gave off that or because like that's just how society is portraying us. And if that's the case, then I need to change something about myself. But like maybe I don't need to change what's about myself. Maybe I've always been like because I feel like I'm like a you know I feel like I, I seem kind and delightful person. But I honestly just think um, black women collectively, I think we're trying to change that narrative so that more people don't like assume that, you know, I don't know, so.
0: (laughs) No, I hear you and I actually wanna, I I wanna push back a little bit. I know I get what you're saying, right? I think it's probably a combination of both who we are and more so what the world is conditioned to believe Mm. that we are. I I don't really think that we're trying to shift the narrative. I think that we are more comfortable in ourselves and our beings and our collective, mm. you know, magic and power and um, ability persists persist as a group of women that it's, well, y'all going to think what I want to think anyway. So I'm just going to be over here fabulous and getting things done and growing businesses and, you know, building community and loving on women that look just like me that want to thrive. I'm going to do that. Y'all can do what mm. you want. However mm. you perceive me is your business. Um, what do you think?
1: Yeah, no, I totally, I totally agree. Um, it's just, it's just interesting. Cause it's like, it, you don't, you don't realize these things are like, because like, you don't realize these things are happening or you don't realize that you're being like portrayed that way until you're like I guess in your like when you're in adulthood when you when you're in the thick of adulthood and you're starting to see these little nuances and Mm. that's why I'm like yeah I totally agree
0: yeah Yeah. that's why I also think it's good for us to get outside of our communities our born communities and the country the other Mm. people in the world some places see us very differently um mm. and that's i think on a spectrum of course um but when we recognize that there's so many people in the world that do value us in a favorable manner um i want to go where i'm celebrated um and respected mm. and appreciated and yes that is present in some places in the united states but we have to really work hard to cultivate that right um mm hopefully more people have the experience that you've had when, you know, coming home to Sierra Leone and Mm. being welcomed with open arms and now being a part of family, right? Mm. Uh, Which I, I strongly believe gives us, as women, the opportunity to let some of the wall down and not feel so guarded and have to be protective of ourselves because the world is not very kind to us and then we mm. can, you know, i don't know if softer is the word. I think it's allow the the internal compassion that we have to really shine through and the nurturing mm. capabilities that we have to really be at play because we're not working so hard to survive and coach ourselves through so many difficulties that we experience. So mm. i when i when i hear what you've shared so far, i hear there's a lot of healing in all of that. Mm,
1: yeah, for sure. Definitely. So let me let me
0: thank you so much for everything that you've said so far. <laughs> I when you think about resting and caring for yourself, like what are some things that you begin to adopt, practices that you begin to adopt um that really allows you to take to be still, move at a slower pace and really just take care of yourself
1: yeah um definitely I feel like in my daily life I try to in terms of taking care of myself I definitely turn away from like social media and you know making sure I'm getting proper sleep um touching grass and I actually mean that like no, I actually yeah, that's yes. Um, and just like working on being present, because I think I'm finding that um, more difficult to do. Um, because I we're in this like social media era. And like lately, I've been using a lot of social media because I'm trying to create like content um, which is also. Lot. not <laughs> not fun i i <laughs> I, I i don't even think i'm going to i might not i i don't even think i'm going to continue i every day i just want to completely delete everything like i don't know if you've ever felt that way but cool. i every day i just want to shut it all off um but yeah just working on being more present um is some things that, that I do. Um, yeah. but yeah.
0: In those moments of difficulty that you face, um, what I often encourage like people to do is to just be still and notice like what's, what's happening, right. What's happening within you internally around you and what's triggering that, that need to just quit. A lot of times it's fear. A lot of times it's feelings of incompetence um Mm. will you be accepted is it going to be good enough all these things that really keep us stuck but it's just knowing that it's a process right Mm. in order to get to excellence is something that you can strive for every day even as a novice right but in Mm -hmm. order to get to that point to where you feel more comfortable or you can hire somebody to do that for you um it is pushing through like those pregnancy pains of starting something new. Mm. I need to write that down. That's <laughs> just all the time. That's a word.
1: <laughs> That's a word.
0: <laughs> like the most recent um, affirmation video I did today actually came out of a therapy session I have with a client this week. And I was like, oh yeah, got to write it down. And let she me write like, that, let me that down. down. Yes. Um, wow. Yeah, please take it. <laughs>
1: No, I'm I'm, I'm actually, um, I'm, I'm glad that I'm here. Thank you for, um, this is, a, it's, I've, I was hoping this was going to be more of a conversation and I felt a little like nervous. So like, I'm just really appreciative because um, it's hard for me to kind of like articulate how I feel about things and kind of sharing my little slice of me Um, because I'm a very private person. So I just wanted to thank you for inviting me in such a good way.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You're so so welcome. Like the key is to make you feel comfortable. And it honestly, it is a conversation. And it's also knowing that the things that we feel really weird about in ourselves, somebody else does too. So when you lean Mm -hmm. into that, it is giving someone else possibly license to realize that, Oh, she did it so I can too. There's there's nothing different, right? But but mm-hmm. what I'd like you to what I'd like you to really like ponder is looking at all the things that you've done that most people in the world cannot won't do. And figuring mm. out what is that common thread? that you have within yourself that allows you to make these big bold moves and take these steps and and lean into that and push through and you can do the very Mm. same thing with this new thing that you're creating so
1: I want you to I do want you to I'm giving you homework yes yes I'm I'm literally taking this all in like this (laughs) this ended up being um literally the highlight of Probably like my month. So, or actually it's the start of the month. I meant to say, like, you know what I mean. Anyway, yeah. this is a highlight. I'm so glad. So,
0: yes. But this is I'm learning so highlight. much from you as well. And we I just have just a few more questions. We're nearing the end of it, but this conversation is really like fulfilling <laughs> for me as a 41 yeah. woman, you know, seeing what you're doing as a 26-year-old woman and really trying to live life on your own terms. I know that's scary. Um but it's so worth it so answer this for me Hmm. what are your thoughts on vulnerability
1: um I believe being vulnerable is good um I really commend people that are able to be vulnerable like all the time um is it something that I can do, um, all the time? No, I feel like this interview is probably one of the most, um, probably one of the most vulnerable things I've done, um, just even being here, so, um, I'm open to it, and I feel like that was, like, one of my goals for this year is to be more open and so doing this interview allowed me um, to be more open to vulnerability because before I was like very closed off person uh, and I even kind of like side-eyed people that would like overshare. And I think okay, to some extent, I feel like depending on how much you overshare, but to some extent, I feel like um, it's okay to sometimes you know share a bit and Um, obviously to people you trust, don't overshare to like some random person that could use that (laughs) against you or something. Um, But to be vulnerable in safe spaces is good and delightful. And it makes you feel good.
0: I really want you to write that down. Vulnerability within safety. Mm, Yes. Yes. That's part of it, right? Everybody doesn't deserve those really secret parts of you and I think it it's a it's an exercise in self-awareness to first know um who you are be accepting of who you are and and it's also an exercise in really connecting with people and and, and identifying what does a healthy connection look like for you to identify mm. is this person trustworthy enough will they take care of the things that I'm sharing that matter so much to me um mm. Yeah, and move accordingly. Um, Mm. Because everybody can't. Everybody doesn't have the capacity. And those people, you have to, and I don't believe in like transactional connection or relationships, but most people serve certain purposes in your lives. Everybody's not supposed to be in that realm of, I can be completely myself with you, not just a version of myself. Um, Mm. Yeah. I want to ask this question about healing and I get the sense that you've been on this healing journey. Mm. What does that look like for you? Like when you think of healing, what comes to mind?
1: Mm. I would have to say you definitely have to at least for me, you have to at least try to be, at least try to be open in some way, um, and allow that to happen. Because um, if not, that would be kind of like difficult. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would say just kind of like trust yourself and show yourself grace. A lot of <laughs> grace. Cause it's not okay. easy. <laughs> like, you know, healing is not easy, <laughs> you know, self-discovery, like, you know, trying to learn new things about yourself, yeah. um, challenging yourself. It's not easy. So you really have to show yourself grace.
0: Yeah, I agree um, with you.
1: Yeah. So
0: I agree with you. I want to ask one last question regarding mental health and then I have just a few more when it comes to like what you're doing career-wise yeah. connection, when you think about like the advancement of mental health in your home community in I, I assume that you're in Phoenix or are you in Seattle?
1: No, I'm, yeah, I'm in Seattle.
0: Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes, okay. Yes. okay. So, oh yeah, Phoenix was Air Force. Um, yep. when you think about the advancement for black people, other, you know, BIPOC people in, um, Seattle and, in Sierra mm-hmm. Leone, I'm wondering what would be some must-haves that you would like to see move
1: forward? Ooh, I know that. I actually, did I write that one? I think I did write that <laughs> one. Cause I, find your cause, <laughs> yeah, cause there was, I there was something I specifically wanted to say mm-hmm. about that. Um, uh, I would have to say, there definitely needs to be more, like, there needs to be more conversations. Um, a lot more, especially, like, in, it, it I, I want to speak, I guess, to Sierra Leone. First, there definitely needs to be more conversations, more programs. Um, I see, you know, I haven't been in Sierra Leone very long, um, but there's not a lot of programs um, or, or um, let, me, let me rephrase it. There's not a lot of resources. Like here in the States, um, there's resources, not, they're not always the greatest, but there are resources here if you try to seek them. I do have, that's a whole other conversation, but I've had friends who have had trouble seeking resources But for those that can, um, they have the opportunity to, right? Um, In Sierra Leone, that's not a thing. Um, And also talking about mental health is not a thing. So that's one thing. And then within like my community, especially the Black community, definitely just more discussion, just going back to that first point. More discussion, um, more normalization, period. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs>
0: enough said
1: uh, yeah <laughs> I think that's actually
0: fabulous the more that we talk about it and normalize um these conversations like you said and and shine light on the very really real existences that people are having like lots of black women deal with anxiety and depression that manifests differently or lots of you know black men have you know depression it looks very different or even trauma how it yep. You know, runs through our community.
1: So, I would and agree- also more resources for the black community specifically. Like, um, I actually, this is like a side note, but I saw this TikTok video about this, um, this man that I follow on TikTok and he was basically saying he's like a vet, right? And he was, you know, in the military for 20 plus years, got out, retired, seeking mental health um, or uh, counseling or like therapy, right? Um, and he went to the VA and he was like, I would like, I know. <laughs> he was like, I would like to, you know, speak to, th- <laughs> speak, to a- <laughs> speak to a therapist, but I'd like it to be another black man. And um, I, was, I felt bad for him because I was just like, man, like this man, he is like clearly needing help. And he's clearly asking you know for another black man because you know he they can understand he was basically trying to explain because he was basically on the phone with the guy and he was like trying to explain why he needed a black therapist and he should and have- so exactly he shouldn't have to do that but he did and basically the guy just went on and was like, you sound like you're crazy. you sound like you're a racist why I throwing all these things right Just being very hateful towards this man and um it just like made me realize i was like actually yeah we really don't have a lot of uh therapists for us um so that really needs to change that needs to be a thing um or we need okay there needs to be like there might be and i could be actually there might be i'm like is there like a website or like a resource where it's like you can Find black black therapists. I don't know. I don't know that. Haven't looked yeah, more into it. Are. I'm sure you know. <laughs> um, I'm sure you know. But yeah. um, a lot of us don't know. You know, we don't. We don't know, or we get referred to, or we get told no. So, and then that's the end of the conversation. Like with that yeah. dude. So, um, yeah.
0: So yeah, I like. Uh, thank you for sharing that. Um, Veteran mental health is really important uh, to me. You know, I have veterans in my family: my aunt, my brother-in-law, my cousin, my gra- my late grandfather, um, mm. and, and other people. And what I, I, it, it just really hurt my heart to hear you describe the plight that he was experiencing, as far as. I'm articulating to you all that you need to engage in better cultural competence and have mm. a, a variety of providers that can speak to my experience that I don't have to be gaslighted by a professional mm. um, that will never understand what it is to live in this skin, have served the country and to still come home to all the things that are present here. So mm. just said say it, here, are some resources that he, Anyone can tap into one in psychology today. You can put in a okay. zip code where you are. It's free. You know, go online, put in your zip code, put in the city. You can filter for specifically Black women, Black men, um, the different uh, subpopulations that you might belong to that you want someone that can cater to your need. Um, you have for, you know, Black Women Therapy for Black Girls has a registry mm-hmm therapy for black men has a registry um oh it's escaping me now I think I'm actually gonna I'm so glad you said this I think I'm gonna do an episode oh that would There's be great some resources yeah. that you can do but that's part of what I'm trying to work on too as far as like the whole black expat experience and mental health is for expats and know these are places that you can connect to um if you're outside your country your home country to get mental health support so yeah, mm-hmm. I'm going to do that. Um, let me write that down. <laughs> yeah, that
1: would actually be really great. Very helpful. Um
0: okay. I'll probably do that on a face of IG live um with mental health resources. Thank you for sharing that. Um and you know, just a few more. Oh, this has been such a good conversation. I know um, it has
1: um, been. And I actually have a question. Yeah, go ahead. About about this. Um yeah. And this just dawned on me, like um, um, just the fact that I know that there's not resources in Sierra Leone, but I'm wondering, I'm wondering if like, and I don't know how this could be done, but and we're not too knowledgeable on it, but I'm like, I'm wondering if there's ways to connect um, like continental Africans that don't have resources to get there, like seek therapy, like online. Like I wish that there was like a way to connect those you know does that make sense like that would be kind of dope like and I don't think it's being done I feel like that would be really cool um like a program that was like able to usher them to seek like if you want you can seek it online or like there's a place you can go you know just uh, I don't think that that's being done like now that I'm thinking about it um, so we can definitely
0: have more conversations later to seek out what kind of resources would be available. I would even yeah. say kind of community supports because maybe individual therapy isn't the best for some individuals. Maybe
1: yeah,
0: group setting, more community circle. Yeah, that um, would be
1: kind of into cool. More
0: cultural based uh, therapy. Yeah. practices. So let's further this this discussion.
1: Um, yeah that would be really cool like I just I just thought about it now because I'm like "Hmm," like you know and also too like I've this is the most conversation I've had about mental health and like it's just so interesting to me because like I think I need to dive more in for myself uh to like um learn more about this for myself because you know I'm still learning and my job, is, my job is done, listen, <laughs> yes. that
0: is the yeah. point. So I definitely would like us to collaborate and see yeah. what that looks like. Um, so I challenge you, see what is available, right? And then we can mm. identify what would be some culturally appropriate practices to engage in. How do we mm. begin to educate you know, individuals in Sierra Leone with uh, the community that you belong to about what mental health actually is? And how that mm. can fit in their daily lives. Um, and align that with what are holistic ways to care for yourself when you notice maybe they don't know the this is anxiety, but it shows up like yeah. these particular ways. So when we can't put a name to it, we know we can describe what's happening. Um, mm. so there's a lot that can actually be born out of this. I'm letting you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty um just because just because I know like in the the you know Sierra Leone has been through so much in the trauma Mm -hmm. Um, some of these people have gone through the old especially like the older generations I would say like um people who are I would say 30 and above remember or experienced if they were in Sierra Leone during the time um the civil war so the trauma um and a lot of the suppressed like you know or the things that they suppress and like the things that they didn't like they didn't get the opportunity to have therapy or talk about it or anything like that they just kind of had to move on it's, you they
0: know um in their body trauma yes is- a physical yeah.
1: reaction to things. And it's also generational too. Cause it's like not only did that generate which mind you, Civil War wasn't even that long ago. So like, and then those children having to take that, you know, with them. Like it's it's a lot, like that's a lot. There's a lot of healing to be done for sure. And I see it like um, so. Yeah, it's definitely another conversation more. Yeah. <laughs> so, a, anyways.
0: More conversations for sure. But this is that this, literally what just happened is the reason I I, I started this platform for hmm. that, for the world to see that black people exist everywhere, belong everywhere, and we can tend to our mental health so that we can thrive. Um it really just shaped the, you know, shift the narrative of, well, mm. that's not for us. Well, everything's for us if we want it to be. So mm. I want you to share with us, you know, any final thoughts that you have, like, what are you most proud of about this journey that you've chosen
1: to partake in? Um, I am, I'm proud that like, I don't know. I'm just proud that i made it this year. So like um, this is my end of year, like interview slash journal, because a year ago (laughs) I was literally transitioning out and now I'm here and it's been a lot of highs and lows Um, right now. I wish I could say right now at this point in time is a high. It's not um just because I'm still trying to figure things out um I don't have at all my ducks in a row that's just the truth <laughs> um I yet
0: to that yet yet
1: yet yet um but I also there's a lot of plans I have and there's a lot of things that I want to do and a, a lot of places I want to see so I'm excited for that um, so yeah I'm just like I'm just happy that I like this I can't believe that I took that leap like that is pretty wild because I gave up a a a career to to do this it's just pretty wild so I'm just glad I'm I'm afloat I'm I'm survived I'm okay um you know I had family and friends people judging me people like you know you're not gonna make it or you're gonna come back to the air force or what are you doing like you know just all these things and I made it and I'm fine and yeah
0: the fine, I'd say. yeah 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 and,
1: and I'll be all right <laughs> I will be you are all right. already
0: all right okay <laughs>
1: <laughs> yep
0: got to recognize when people try to put their stress and their fear and their anxiety on you that's because you're doing things that they want to do mm. and they haven't trusted themselves enough to break away from that safety net um, and bet on themselves so every time that you have a moment of fear which is fine the fear is not the issue it's how are you responding to it but whenever mm. that doubt starts to creep in that fear creeps in or you're th- or you're attaching to somebody else's stuff, remind yourself of what you've already done. Right? Mm. That most people can't and won't do. And if you've done it already, you can do it continuously.
1: Mm. Yep. Wow. Well, Sharon, <laughs> but what's the wow? Tell me what's the wow. Yeah, it's just like just this whole like conversation. I wasn't I'm being so honest, like before yes. like coming and talking to you, like I almost didn't, I almost was going to like say like, I don't think I am ready to do this interview. I yeah, I, I, yeah, I wasn't ready. And so I'm glad that I did, um, because I was ready and I feel I've gotten a lot more clarity I think from this conversation um and so I can like look back at this interview and be like you know this is where I was Mm -hmm. um this is how I was feeling at that point in time and I'll remember this and I only grow up from here so (laughs) yeah
0: I I appreciate you trusting me with this conversation. Um, I have thoroughly enjoyed it. I am rooting for you. Um, I feel that there might be a partnership in the future with the whole mental health thing and um, moving forward with what does it look like to support those back home in Sierra Leone or even yourself. Um, Mm. Share with us how we can reach you if we want to continue to follow your journey.
1: Yeah. Um, so on Instagram right now, it's, uh, keeks, K E E K S dot travels. Um, but yeah, I've been posting travel content. Um, I'm not an expert or anything super casual. Um, but yeah, I'm just trying to share my journey and, um, I want to do more like Uh, content specific to Africa like that's what I really want to do um but I also find it I think I want because you're not the first person who has like mentioned the whole like book thing but like I want to write like I don't I don't see myself um creating like I want to be in the background like I actually don't want to be on social media like I don't want to create content but I also want to share my journey and I feel like an equal balance would be. Maybe I should just write, write it out. Oh, a blog. Yeah, so that's why I was like, maybe I should do, I don't know. So not saying that it's like, you know, but that's what I think could be a a happy medium for me because, and also too, um, when this interview does go out, a lot of people don't even know I'm a virtual assistant. I don't even tell people. Um, I don't. Can you pull up your business right now, please? (laughs) no 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 the reason why I don't tell this is the reason why I don't tell people because um the reason okay the reason I don't tell anyone like about just the I I guess like about uh, my professional life is because I feel like a lot of people like to like chime in and like you know ask you know I just I just want to do what I need to do and focus on more important, like yes being a virtual assistant love it love working with people love my clients love it um and it's given me the freedom to go wherever but that's not like my main main focus my main main focus is africa in the moment and what i can do to be impactful on the ground um and working on actually officially moving there like you know i've already like made the strides um, it's just, you know, it, you know, so that's basically just kind of like what I'm thinking. That's the reason why I don't really talk about it, It's just because like, I'm, and then I'm also a very private person. So I just, I don't want that to be like, I don't want what I'm doing professionally to be what defines me, you know,
0: <laughs> so, I hear you, but I also hear, I know my face is like, okay,
1: I know you're like, but you know so yeah but this interview people will know that's what I do but I don't really talk about it um and I just want to be in the background and I also too a lot of people were like oh like you need to in order to like get business you need to be like super social media heavy and I'm and I don't want to be and so I was like you know what I'm gonna try and do this without people knowing and and so now you know I, I obviously I get a lot of my business through like referrals and and um connecting on like LinkedIn and things like that but like I don't want it to be what defines me I want people to know um about other things about Kiera. so I have
0: that. a challenge for you <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I hear I hear that you are goal-oriented. There are things that you really want to lean into, but I also hear that you're afraid of the criticism that comes along with
1: it. Mm. Yeah, maybe so.
0: <laughs> my dad, my daddy always says, if if somebody ain't talking about you, you ain't doing it, you ain't doing it right. And you have to know that if you're living for people's praise, you will die by their criticism. So mm. I just encourage you to shift the gaze let it be what is going to drive you put out into the world what is in alignment with what you want if you if you love being a virtual assistant people first got to be able to find you but you can determine how Mm. frequent you're on social media you can identify what the happy medium is because the thing that popped into my head was okay then you need to start a blog right Mm. and create a community that way but i just challenge you to when you notice that you are more externally focused on what other people will say and do and all of these things, cause they always will. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what that's about. Cause if you are allowing the potential criticisms of others to stop the success that you could potentially have, mm. then are you really living in your purpose?
1: Mm. Yeah definitely uh you caught me there because i feel i do feel a bit um it's also too like i also feel like i don't want to come off as like a failure too because like i feel like if i'm showcasing this is what you know this is what Kira is doing or this is a project she's working on or like she started a blog or she's starting this or doing this because and then like, you know, one day they don't see me doing it. Then people are like, well, what happened? Did you fail? What changed? Um, same thing with like, you know, right now where I'm doing like, you know, trying to do like, I guess, content creation. I'm genuinely like afraid to like stop. And then people be like, okay, so do you not, do you not do those things that you were preaching about now. Like, cause I, I just, and that was even hard for me to even start that. Cause I didn't even want to do that. So I just, I feel like people, I don't like people's opinions.
0: <laughs> no, I hear that. Th- yeah. That's loud and clear. And yeah. so when you notice that you don't like people's opinions, are you ready to move forward in birthing this empire that you're you're trying to birth? Mm. Everybody yeah. has an opinion. You That's don't have true. to, you don't have to give them any type of validity though, right? you has mm. how to set that boundary. Thank you for sharing and keep it moving, right? Yep. You get yep. to choose what it what you allow to stick for you, but you have mm. to first have a really deep understanding of your purpose. What's your why? Why are you doing this? What's motivating you? What is the passion that's driving the effort? And when you Mm. can align your behavior to that, it's honestly, what's the best hope that you have for the platform that you're creating, for the work that you want to do? What does that look like? And knowing Mm. that people's criticism comes along with that, but that's not anything that you have to pay attention to. Mm. Your voice has to be the loudest.
1: Mm. That's true.
0: <laughs> I'm so grateful. Listen, <laughs> so much, y'all. You have
1: helped me. You have actually helped me. Thank you. I'm, like, I'm,
0: I'm happy. I'll be trying not to go full therapist mode, child. It'd be hard. No, um, no.
1: But like, and, and literally everything that you said is so valuable, and I'm taking. I'm literally taking everything because. I don't have these conversations with people um, at all. I don't really have conversations about like my professional life, about, you know, things I'm doing, you know, in my personal life, you know, obviously close, close family and friends, you know, know about things, but I don't really have these conversations. And so it's helpful to me. Um, So,
0: yeah. Here's my suggestion for you. I want you to go on to psychology today, put in your zip code, filter it to whichever demographic you would prefer to be a therapist for you and Mm. try to find someone. I think because one of the things you shared was communication. When you, when you talked about the advancement of mental health in our communities, it's conversations and Mm. you're literally right now a living testament to say I don't have these conversations that often and just through this conversation has nothing to do yep. with me but your willingness to be open so much has been like I think the veil has been lifted on some things and then so much has been unearthed for you in this mm. conversation and only you will know what that is that mm. you owe it to yourself to invest it's an investment in your future your your well-being to identify someone that is unbiased um that is going to have undivided attention to you that is a professional that can help you to kind of figure out what is the stronghold that keeps you from doing more of the bold things that you've already done um mm. figuring out how to be consistent with that and changing the mindsets around it so i don't say that's you because i think anything's wrong with you or not but i think that it would be a value yeah yeah.
1: yeah yeah no that i i believe everybody should Seek, like some sort of therapy to be quite honest
0: Attitude. i've
1: never i've never actually went to an actual therapist so i think this is pretty, very helpful for me i have been thinking about that actually well,
0: this is um
1: a- yep this <laughs> is my confirmation i have been thinking about that and i think i definitely should
0: awesome um, so you can do psychologytoday.com or go to therapy for black girls and it should list like your state or whatever to see the directory of of providers that would be able to assist you. Okay. I'm so happy that we had this conversation. Um, And so for everyone that's watching, I want to thank you for tuning in to another amazing episode of the Black Expat Experience. As always, I encourage you to keep taking risks, impacting your communities, and most of all, prioritizing your mental health. I want to say thank you again to Kiara for joining us today and giving us all the knowledge of her amazing experience. And please share this in your community so we continue to show the world that Black people exist and thrive and live abundantly everywhere. And with that, I will say peace and thank you. (laughs)